0: Hi, short bus debate club. It's a bus rolling. I can get on board. (laughs) Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. (laughs) It's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll. And on with the show. Hi, welcome back. To another exciting episode of Short Bus Debate Club. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Brian Courtney and Darren Jolly's across the table from me and he was giving me a countdown. But we already started recording, so didn't matter.
1: I like irony. You know, I mean the fact that you guys can't see it, but he can see it, the fact that it plays into last week's episodes. Yada 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 hysterical
0: shit oh yeah by the way so maybe you guys aren't listening all the way through and this is why you're not connecting us uh to us talking to us so i'm going to give you the phone number at the beginning of the episode and then at the end as well um so phone number 720-334-7655 roll bitches And uh, the email is shortbusdebateclub at yahoo.com. If you guys have any ideas, comments, questions. Critiques. Yeah. Let us know.
1: Criticism. Self-criticism. Rectification.
0: So we're talking about gangs uh, this episode. Um, But before we do that, I kind of wanted to go back, and I know Darren wants to talk about some stuff too. um, Because they, they do tie together. But I I was talking about how the show Euphoria on HBO really scared the shit out of me. And, it, it again, it wasn't the drug use. It, it wasn't the parties. It wasn't all of that shit. It was mainly the girls, but I think everybody in the show had a fucked up self-esteem. But it's the fact that all of these kids... Mainly female, you know, posting naked pictures all over and videos of them fucking and whatever, because they're seeking validation. You know, they want a thumbs up, they want a, a heart, a heart, they want a like, like, and that that really bothers me because I mean maybe. Their low self-esteem is why they were doing drugs. I never had a problem with self-esteem, but I was still doing drugs for a, a whole variety of other reasons. You didn't have a problem with self-esteem? <laughs> you mean you were, you were an arrogant prick for all your life? Pretty much. <laughs> Sarcastic and arrogant. Um, I
1: was not. I'm a straight shooter. I'm very insecure. Uh,
0: so... That was what bothered me. And then, you know, Darren wanted to kind of circle back and talk about some things because, well, I'll let him explain it.
1: Well, okay. So like Brian said, right? So while we want these episodes to kind of stand on their own on some level, because we're trying to figure out a way to navigate our social existence and try to make more sense of it, you know, imagine ways to 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 move it in different directions, um, it is all part of the social fabric. So, um, but ultimately, we talked so much about drugs last last week, and I had gone into a, a a head shop over on um, First and Wadsworth the other day, freakies, and uh, one of the uh, uh, the customer service ladies up front said, "Well, you know, uh, in Colorado last year, um, they made it legal to have uh, four grams of any controlled substance." Under the sun. And I was like,
0: Wasn't it actually in 2020? But yeah, let me. Sorry.
1: When she, when she, when she, that's how the the conversation started. She said, She said, This is, this is what. So I said, I said, Shit. I said, Are you serious? And then one of the other uh, ladies that was working there said, I'm not sure exactly, but something, yeah, there's something to what it is that she's saying. I said, shit, now I got to go home and do homework. We just did a whole fucking episode on drugs, and now my understanding of what the existing uh, legal statutes in Colorado, the state of Colorado are, might be totally fucked up. So, I went home, and I found out, as Brian had suggested, that uh, March 1st, 2020, it, they didn't make it, they didn't decriminalize it, they didn't make them legal, but they made, again, like all of the heavy controlled substance, excuse me, substances that includes Coke in all forms, uh, crystal meth in all forms, um, MDMA in all forms, and heroin in all forms. Uh, it changed it from, you. if you have uh, four grams or less, it's no longer a felony, it's a misdemeanor, and there's no longer mandatory jail time. Uh, there's a mandatory 18 month probation that's tied to it. But, uh, when I went and read, and of course I immediately called him over freaky's and I said, thank you, this is what this is actually what happened, this is when it happened. Um, but thank you, because that was something that we like the way that you imagine uh, a state function in relation to uh, drug policy uh, a society, you know writ large interacting with itself uh, concerning drugs, drug policy drug activities. Um, if you're making it legal, I mean, four, four grams of heroin is like more than 40 doses of heroin. That's a lot of heroin. That's that, uh, a, heroin, a heroin addict could you know, feasibly kill themselves many times with that, uh, with that amount of heroin. Um, and I don't know because it didn't say in the law then whether or not fentanyl is included, but I think that the, the rhetorical disposition was that it was all schedule one controlled substance, schedule one, schedule two controlled substances. So if that's the case,
0: well, yeah. I would say that it's the entire schedule period. Schedule period it could be, yeah. it could be ketamine. It could yeah. be, you know, Valium, uh-huh. any of the the benzodiazepines, which mm-hmm. I think are Schedule Three yeah. for the most part. Yeah, they and they do generally they they
1: prescribe those to people in a fair amount of circumstances. Right, you know, if if you're
0: of. anxious or panic-stricken yeah, or panic
1: attacks which yeah. i got i used to get because Xanax is a is a, a, yeah. a yeah yeah I, I, I used to get that for uh it was just like these little uh
0: quarter, quarter technically it's gram. a fucking tranquilizer but yeah. yeah yeah it's a value i mean it is a it's it's, an, a, it's better than valium but here nor there so but when
1: when i came home and brian and i sort of talked about that like and i started to think about well first, first thing one of the first thing that kind of smacked us over the head was the fact that so March 1st, 2020, right? So there was this uh, a police officer. He's moved away from Denver now. Um, but he was the head of one of the gang units in Denver. I'm in a PO box at my station. Uh, I would talk to him regularly. He's a really, really cool guy. so we'd, we we'd chat about this and that. Um, but when uh, everything sort of went into lockdown in April and May um, all over uh, the, you know the world, you know, Denver metro area in this context, for that matter. I said, how are you how are you? I said, I don't see cops pulling anybody over right now. I mean, for the first few months, because I was one of the uh, essential workers, you know, I'd be out, I'd be driving a fucking work and there'd be fucking nobody on the road at all. Like uh, so um, you just don't see a lot of uh, police activity in those moments. And because everybody was all weirded out, I think that people were reticent. I'm sure that police officers on some level were reticent to engage until we had a little bit more information with regards to the long-term effects, blah, 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 all the COVID stuff put together. So I asked this specific officer, I said, "What exactly are they telling you to do right now?" And I I asked him that question without realizing any of this stuff with regards to the changing from from uh, felony to misdemeanor counts on these specific spaces. He said, "We've really been instructed to, unless you know it's it's like a violent crime or uh, there are big numbers involved in what it is that's happening, we've been instructed not to." Not to engage for the for the time being. and 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 now, when I, I got, I wish I would have known this because, like Brian had mentioned um, last week that we you know that he had tried that he'd sent the email and he read the, all the different questions he had. he sent the email to the the Denver Police Department asking them um, a lot of questions with regards to drugs, drug policy, and resources in the police station, you know, whether or not they could be used better, blah, blah blah. blah. Um, but after knowing this, I can't help but wonder whether or not um, they don't answer the question because things have become really, compli- really complicated in Colorado as a result of all
0: these things. That is definitely a, a complication. And, you know, a lot of the questions I was asking were for numbers over the, you know, past quarters or past years or whatever. Now, here's here's the thing is that so the essential decriminalization it isn't fully decriminalized Mm -hmm. but to go from you know a fucking felony to a misdemeanor without any prison time is essentially decriminalization so maybe the cops say fuck it i'm not gonna bother with anybody which explains why you know they're fucking it's not an open-air drug market on colfax but you can see people using drugs. I haven't seen anybody buying drugs and I've been looking <laughs> um, but it, it changes things and so I don't think I don't think gang violence is going to change because of it because essentially now if you're somewhat smart about it, you can carry four grams of whatever it is you want to sell and sell it. As long as you don't get caught, because they'll still pop you for distribution, and then you go to jail for a felony. And if you're in a gang, they put these enhancements on it, and so it goes from five years to fucking ten, whatever.
1: you got a sentencing enhancement.
0: But if you're smart about it and not fucking, you know, flaunting your money on YouTube videos and Facebook and whatever. Or you're basically
1: asking the, the public to come down on
0: you because you're rubbing their faces. Right then I think you can get away with it. Now, with that being said, you can get away with it legally, but that doesn't mean that the guy that runs the street over from you is going to let you get away with so it.
1: So th- this is that if I was going to come back, I mean obviously that's the thing that I would have, uh, you know, cuz I mean like I had said, when I got into the argument with the postal inspector about the marijuana thing, and the other guy comes in and says, "Darren, this is the reality, and this is the way it's functioning." Um, Colorado is this sort of like free zone, and the DEA and the FBI are funneling all this money in here because of the nature of what it is that's going on here, and we have to at least uh, abide by the demand to create a certain space of optics. You know, like the things have to look a certain way. Um, so when this, yeah, when this legal space or not like quasi legal space, we'll just sort of call it right now, when that comes out into the open, that's the thing that scares me the most is that this becomes a locale where you can do things and that sort of like allows people who have access and capabilities to push those drugs into these spaces to first off maximize their their profit capabilities in this market. And then they also have access to the other, you know, if if you're if you're in a gray market, you can utilize that access to the gray to gain, access to the adjacent black markets and whatnot.
0: Well, and that's that's one thing that kind of scares me. But the other thing that fucking scares me is so I was in San Francisco well several times. I, I was there a couple of times in twenty eighteen, a couple of times in twenty nineteen and early twenty twenty. And essentially, they had decriminalized, at least they said, heroin. And from what I could see, it had been decriminalized. I mean, San Francisco, beautiful city that smells like shit. It it really does. And that's because of the bay and the sewer and whatever. But it also smells like shit because homeless people are shitting everywhere. Fecal matters. Yeah. Um. But I went into the BART station and I saw pictures in the newspaper and there were people like passed out in their pew. I saw a picture of somebody just shooting up. I mean, like in the fucking open, like, hey, um, Sacramento did something similar, at least. And I don't know if it's I don't know if any of these laws are still in effect right now. Mm -hmm. But in Sacramento, they did something similar and a lot of the shop owners were complaining because people were passing out in front of their business so like somebody's trying to go get a haircut they can't open the fucking door because some junkie has passed out and you know puked on himself those are the problems with decriminalization is that one the gangs can still do whatever the fuck they want and sell as much as they want because now they're not going to get busted Again, as long as you're not flashing it. Mm -hmm. And two, there are no resources to help people, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And people that just shoot up wherever. I mean, you know, there's some common sense shit that probably should play. But, um, you know, whatever. I, I think we seriously need to consider the legalization and not just decriminalization.
1: Yeah, we, I, 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 fully, I mean, and that's like when, when we were at the, in that sort of like part four of everything that was going on last week, when I, like, I, I really, really was wanting to be hyper-focused on the concept of, of the regulatory side of things. Cause if we do not, again, like when you, when you play around with and you can sit there and make fucking arguments about state's rights and all the sovereign citizen bullshit out there, you know, like, I mean, I, I sometimes like to listen to you guys talk because it's grounded in some sort of like old ass legalese, but uh, the ways in which you like uh, romanticize it is just fantasy of the highest, highest order, um, because we live in a world where uh, you're never going to be free unto yourself that freedom doesn't work that way. It's It's always about social relationships. You're only free relative to how it is that you reproduce conditions inside of a society that allow you to have measures of freedom. Otherwise, it's just going to be people that are free blowing each other's heads off. So um, I digress here again for just a second. But the the thing that you said about the regulatory space or a space where people would have access to help, like if you have these, you know, again, like you you have gray markets next to black markets next to uh, a, a market to the south of us where Uh, The production capabilities are off the fucking charts on all different levels of uh, quality and the amounts, their capabilities of moving it up here is, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you think like maybe 50 years down the road, you know, when we can sort of like know a little bit better what was happening in these covert, you know, these underworld sort of like places, see what it was that they were doing, how they were doing, what it was that they were doing.
0: You mean as far as production and I'm and manufacturing, moving stuff
1: from Mexico up to the United States and stuff like that, just the way that the way that they go about doing it.
0: Well, I mean, we know a lot of the ways they do it, but but do we? Well, yeah, because like people have died from being a mule.
1: i I, I understand right. that, but there are, like this, that business is about innovation when it comes to the movement of goods. I know, so we
0: talked about the Colombians building their own submarines and shit, yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy but that's my
1: that's only so I, I'm curious to see what happens then. but obviously, like I, I, I shouldn't say obviously, because there's nothing obvious about any of the stuff that we're saying here. but if you have all these legal zones and adjacent illegal zones, you create conditions to where there's a perpetual potential for increasing violence because of access to those markets and the various different ways that they have to gain access to.
0: Well, and we talked about it briefly when we were talking about the Juarez, El Paso thing. Uh And, you know, I told you that the guy in Juarez ended up getting into bed with some rich guy in Mexico city who had a business that one of the the components of their business was transportation and logistics. So Mm -hmm. he had, trucks, he had trains, he had all of that stuff. And once fucking NAFTA went through, they were just moving that shit over. I mean, imagine, dude, a train car full of shit. <laughs> I, I, and when I say shit, I don't mean fucking pinatas. I mean, Drugs. Yeah. maybe pinatas full of fucking heroin. Yeah. Um, maybe they just skipped the fucking pinata altogether and, you know, put a kilo of heroin in there along with 250 other kilos but i again they never talk about you know how much was moved um whenever a drug seizure occurs you know the dea puffs up their chest and they fucking take pictures and they say they fucking totally inflate the fucking value they say oh well we found this this kilo of fucking cocaine a half a pound of weed $10,000 in cash and four guns and the street value of this was worth 1.9 million dollars. Obviously, I'm sorry, or I'm being sarcastic, but I mean they they totally inflate everything just because again, it's optics. Optics for but I mean they're trying to create that fear thing, this amazement that the DEA is doing such a fucking bang up job. It it's all of this just complete horseshit. Um,
1: what do you call it when a law dissuades you from doing an act because you're afraid of the consequences? What do they call that kind of a law? Punitive. No, no, no. Where it's like it, because it's uh, I'll think of it in a minute. But that's you're the when you said the fear thing, like you're afraid of the consequences of doing it. Then, uh, um, don't 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 worry. I'll come back to it when I figure it out.
0: So. We, those were our fears. I, again, with legalization, we need regulation. And with regulation comes all of the other stuff that goes along with that, right? So now we've got taxation. Now we've got health care because, you know, a lot of these people are going to come forward and say, you know what, I've been a junkie for fucking 15 years and, and I want some help whether that be psychological or, or you know, physiological. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you don't have to hide in the shadows, though. Yeah, rehabilitation. Right. Yeah.
0: So now you can come forward. Um, for those of you or for those of them that are, are still going to continue using, you know, you can create safe spaces. Now they can find clean needles. Yeah. Now...
1: Nar- narco might, might be made available. Yeah. So if somebody ODs, then they can make sure that they don't die.
0: Right. All all of this stuff is going to happen if legalization occurs. Decriminalization does nothing except lets everybody fucking turn their head the other way or creates an environment like in Sacramento where fucking junkies are passing out in front of people's businesses and they can't do business anymore or in the BART where it smells like shit and vomit because, you know, whatever.
1: Well, and also like, uh, we we got i got in this conversation with one of my customers the other day who's who's from juarez um and he uh he was we were were talking about some of the changes and whatnot but he was really um trying to be very clear and impressing one one point specifically and that is that if you think that uh what's happening in juarez is not happening around us up here he said that doesn't mean Bodies dropping everywhere. But the fact that heroin moving and people being orga- organized and making tons and tons of money through, through those cartel positions in the United States now. And when he said in the United States, he was very specific. He was talking about Texas, Arizona, Utah, New Mexico, California. Uh, Utah, I said Utah, and Colorado. Well, for sure the Southwest. Yeah, uh
0: uh-huh. um, But I think more than just that. So yeah, yes. in, in the show Narcos, uh-huh. they made a comment because the Mexicans wanted to take over cocaine, but obviously they don't manufacture cocaine. But somebody said, well, we don't want to fight the Colombians over this. And he said, well, you know, they're, and I can't remember the numbers that he used, but just imagine... Colombians versus Mexicans here in the United States. I think he said well there's, you know, 50,000 of them and he goes, "Well, how many of us?" And he said 15 million. You know, so it's it was just a grander scale for distribution and and everything else. Um so should we kind of jump into the gang thing? Because yeah, yeah, I, I think, think that was a good segue. I think but.
1: We're, yeah, I think we're already kind of sliding in there anyway, so okay, let's slide in there.
0: So, real quick, I'm going to just give the dictionary definition of gang, and then I'm going to give you the DOJ definition of gang. Uh, Department of Justice. Sorry. Um, if so, you didn't
1: know that, then you got to go read more books.
0: According to American Heritage... College Dictionary. Gang is a group of criminals or hoodlums who band together for mutual protection and profit. Hoodlums. That's the first definition. The second definition is a group of adolescents who band together, especially a group of delinquents.
1: (laughs) Hoodlums, delinquents, bands of brothers and sisters.
0: That always makes me fucking laugh.
1: Non-binary. Yeah.
0: Yeah got to have the non-binary gang, because all of these people band together in order for protection and profit.
1: Okay, so why did you want to do the, 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 oh, because you want to do, so give me the DOJ one.
0: Okay, so the definition by the Department of Justice, and I've actually got two, but they're essentially the same, Uh and the first one translates to a couple of different states definitions too, so I think the first one is actually the one that they use. Mm -hmm. But a gang, according to the Department of Justice, is yeah fuck anyway. It's a group of three or more people that are grouped together in order to make money, profit by both legal and illegal means.
1: That's a good That's an important distinction.
0: Right? And then the other one was. They changed the number from three to five, but they were essentially the same. The state of California says three, state of Colorado says three, state of Arizona says three. So I think they just took that Department of Justice definition.
1: That that, that definition almost reminds me of the definition of terrorism that came out right
0: after 9-11. Well, it's a fucking horrible definition. I mean, I like the dictionary definition it's, it's, better.
1: It's it's just intentionally ambiguous so that you can apply whatever that you want to apply whenever you want to apply it.
0: Well, and that, so I read some lawyer in Orange County was talking about how the gang squads in Orange County will just look for these groups of three or more people. And they will intentionally try to say that you're a gang member for the enhancements. And Again that goes back to that fucking 1994 crime bill because there's an entire fucking segment I think it's Title 21 that's about gangs and I could be wrong on the title but in the 1994 crime bill there's an entire section on gangs and It talks about this enhancement where they're gonna throw an extra fucking ten years on your sentence if you're in a gang Uh so these guys in California because you got to keep in mind that that state and and federal are different so a state prosecutor might try to get you and they may have their own enhancements but in a lot of cases what the states will do is if they can put enough shit together and they want you off the street bad enough they'll ask the federal prosecutor if they want it, because the mandatory sentences on the federal side are generally higher than they would be on the state side. And I think, in a lot of cases, they want the feds to fit the bill.
1: Just a weird tangent, um,
0: because it
1: kind of hit me when I was thinking about the the mandatory minimum stuff, Um, the number on crack that they used to where it was Rooted in that the 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 high mandatory minimum, yeah, was five grams. So I wonder whether or not that four gram thing was sort of like a distinct correlation
0: based on a relationship to that. It wouldn't fucking surprise me at all. I mean, you know, just makes sense mathematically a little bit. Because I think that the state of Colorado probably didn't want the feds coming in here and saying, "Hey, you know,"
1: it's like you're not fucking with their turf. Still,
0: fuck you and your. Your uh, little fake decriminalization shit. um, You're not getting away with that. We're getting them for a felony and and they're going away for this. But you got to keep in mind on those mandatories. I think think the smallest fine, if I'm remembering correctly, was like $450,000 if you were holding that much crack. Um, The highest... That I saw was upwards of ten million dollars.
1: So four hundred fifty thousand dollars if you get caught holding five grams of crack.
0: I think a half totally a fucking wasn't.
1: million dollars for five grams of crack. You understand what that is? So like a fucking eight ball is three point six ounces, right? It's like an eight ball and a half of crack. I mean, it's 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 not even it's nothing. It's like 3. 0.375 ounces. Yeah. Roughly, somewhere in that general vicinity.
0: I could be wrong, because there were a lot of numbers in there. But I, for the, well, the mandatory minimums, it, it in, was fucking high. Yeah, you're, it, it,
1: it was it, it, deterrent. That's the word that I was You You are going to deter people from wanting to sell crack cocaine if they're going to spend 25 years in prison. And when they get out, they're going to owe the fucking court a half a million dollars on
0: a good day. Yeah, but you're not. Because again, I mean, we're talking about people that are actually trying to survive. So if it's paying rent or sleeping on the street, they're going to sell crap. No,
1: I, I Yeah, no. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I definitely wasn't trying to. That was so. But the one thing that did. Pop, so just kind of your definitions. Obviously, I'm not arguing with you. I'm arguing with, with Webster there or whoever it was. That, American Heritage. But
0: yeah. Similar. American yeah.
1: whatever. Those motherfuckers. Um. I, I just don't think that it's appropriate to not at least acknowledge in a complete definition that, um, that these are political economic decisions, that, that they are people that band together oftentimes when they're in destitute situations. So to, to at least acknowledge, cause like when you, when you go back to, you know, Sicily, when, when all that shit started um, was 1200 or something like that, right? I mean, that was, I think 1280, uh, whatever. I, I got a bunch of shit in here on it, but I don't know if I'm going to get into this this week, but uh No matter what, uh, somebody was coming around and fucking with them, and they started, they're like, we are not going to be able to beat these people as me farmer, you farmer. We're going to have to be us farmer, and we're going to have to pop a cap in a motherfucker's ass. Well, that's
0: what I can't understand, and, well, no, I, I understand how it's happening now, but I don't understand why there aren't more people that see it but like i said i mean there are a lot fucking more of us than there are of them and i'm not talking about coming together as some sort of fucking gang but well whatever i, I that's that's a different fucking show altogether um yeah you're right i mean generally it is destitute now the one thing that i would say is that in these situations there are some gangs, and the government considered the Black Panthers one of them. At least at first they were a gang, and then they became a terrorist organization. But those guys were feeding people and educating people.
1: When I listened to Forrest Gump, I just thought hey, those was trying to have a, a Black Panther party. <laughs> I just thought they are having a party. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, they were not fucking. Uh, I mean, if you're the, the their their horror rhetorical disposition, and I'm not wrong about this. You go fucking find something, and I but look look in the real literature. All of the all of the armed dispositions, rhetorical dispositions, were focusing on self defense. Always, they always talked about it from a self defense perspective. Like you said, like they they they'd organize these situations where they'd feed kids before they were going to school. I mean, it started in the Oakland area. I mean, it spread. They, they had fucking chapters in like South Dakota and shit like that. So the, the guy who ran the South Dakota, incidentally, the South Dakota cha- chapter taught my African American Studies class at Metro. He's a good fucking good teacher. Yeah. He's a, yeah. And he 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 broadcasts. He's like, I'm, I'm an ex Panther, you know. This is my background. You wanna have a conversation? on COINTELPRO, going I'll, I'll give you my personal notes from after the meetings that we were at when the motherfuckers were in there. You know, trying to disrupt shit, or surreptitiously recording things, or all the various different things that uh, the COINTELPRO folks did.
0: They do it a lot. Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, they were they were banding out, and they were they were helping people. They were not committing acts of terror. Of course, you want to frame it that way when you're on a, in a position of power, and they're offering um, the black communities under these circumstances a uh, different way of thinking about how police can work, how societies can arrange themselves because we're not allowed to meditate on these
0: questions. It it wasn't just them that did it. They were probably the most well-known, you know, but I mean, I've seen on documentaries and stuff where other people started n- not gangs, but they they were gangs. I mean, it was a group of people that were getting together in order to accomplish something. And the main thing that they were trying to accomplish was to protect their neighborhood from outside Outside influences. Um, You know, if you go back to the movie Sleepers, Mm -hmm. Hell's Kitchen was Irish, Italian, Puerto Rican neighborhood. Tough
1: motherfuckers, dude.
0: Um, they, They kept people out of their neighborhood, not as a a gang, but as a neighborhood community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to come in here and sell drugs. The Italian mafia says that a lot of what they do is, is similar. You know, you're not going to sell drugs in, in our, our neighborhood. You're not going to sell drugs to our kids. Um, because if anybody's going to sell drugs to our kids, it's going to be us. Um, they don't really say that. That was just my own no
1: thing. that's that's pretty much why i mean when we had our little run down in second santa fe that was what was very clearly said to us you 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 function with your clientele we function with ours so
0: those were inca boys they're god
1: are they're, they're, they're i mean
0: they're a different name now are they
1: I, I hope so i'd rather not refer to them on this um in this space if they I I haven't heard anything about the Inca boys since way back then.
0: I just saw a documentary on back in 2000, I want to say 14, Mm -hmm. how they were, their main rival was the NSM. Um, It it doesn't matter. I know you, some of you aren't from Denver, so you don't have any fucking idea what we're talking about. So there was
1: something you want to bring up, and I think it's going to be important as we move along, because there are certain things that you're sort of skating around right now with regards to. Concepts and definitions, but so what, in, in the way that you were thinking about this, or um, arguing, what's the difference between gangs, cartels, well, pneumonia. so maybe we
0: can talk about that, like, right now, and this isn't my definition, mm-hmm. but I think it helps us to move forward, and it might help the audience to understand
1: yeah, the differences. Yeah, conceptual frames.
0: Okay, so according to the FBI, there are some 33,000 violent street gangs, motorcycle gangs, and prison gangs, criminally active in the U.S. today. Many are sophisticated and well-organized, all use violence to control neighborhoods and boost their illegal money-making activities, which include robbery, drug and gun trafficking, prostitution and human trafficking, and fraud. Many gang members continue to commit crimes even after being sent to jail. So I read that because that is essentially the FBI. Now the FBI is part of this thing called the NGIC, which is National Gang National Gang Intelligence Center. Oh, that's right. Okay, so the FBI is really kind of at the head of it. But then they are partnered with the DEA, the ATF, the Bureau of Prisons, the Department of Defense, and Customs and Border Protection. And Which extends ice and all that stuff. That's yeah. That okay. So this group was started in 2005 by an order of Congress because apparently gangs were out of control and everybody was fucking scared.
1: And after 9-11, there was all that, that the arguments that were made that uh, part of the reason why we were not capable of preventing 9-11 from happening was an inability to communicate between and amongst various different intelligence agencies. So they were, but I mean, what you're, you're that's what you're talking about right there is coordinating activity with regards to a specific threat.
0: Yeah yeah I, um yeah but i think all of these guys like the bureau of prisons you know a lot of the gangs were actually started in prison um the Such atf a you know they deal with guns and shit and a lot of these guys are trafficking guns um the dea obviously they're you know dealing with drugs um the Marshal Service, I'm not sure why the fucking Marshal Service is in there.
1: They, move, they just move people around most of the time, don't
0: they? Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I thought. But maybe I don't understand what the Marshal Service does. Um, the Department of Defense, I think they're in it because a lot of these guys are being recruited off the street. Well, so they, they get recruited into one gang, and then a recruiter hits them, and they end up in another gang. So they go from wearing blue to wearing green. Um, so I think that's why the Department of Defense is in there. <laughs> Okay,
1: okay, sorry. <laughs> like that, I couldn't do. I just some things you just can't do on there. I love you guys. Okay, so but um, the, and they're gonna they're gonna be a coordinating mechanism. The DOD is you have all these ones that are functioning on very specific levels of very specific levels of abstraction, right? The DOD is, you know, they're they're stuck in the middle of intelligence and all the military. Well,
0: military and bases. I think that they might help out with some of the global. Gangs like MS13 or Eighteenth Street, mm-hmm. Um because you know they're already in South Where's America.
1: Eight, is Eighteenth Street
0: Eighteenth Street is out of somewhere down in South America. I think they're direct rivals with MS13. MS13 is about El Salvador, that. Nicaragua,
1: right around that area, right?
0: Yeah, they it's Mara Salvatrucha, and I can't remember. I thought they started in the Honduras, <laughs> but it might have been El Salvador. Um, that was somewhere down there, yeah, Central, Central America, America. Okay. proper. Yeah. Um. So, this group, about every two or three years, they publish this national gang report. And in that national gang report, here's how they break was it, it down: the
1: what, what, what? Ncig. Well, national
0: yeah, National Gang Intelligence gang
1: Center.
0: Internet. Okay, NGIC. Okay. Um. So they break it down into a few different groups. So there are street gangs. There are prison gangs.
1: That is a really weird thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Clint.
0: <laughs> yeah. There are traffickers, um, or I'm sorry, drug traffickers. Um, and then I know I'm missing a fucking category. I think that's like the organized crime one. Um, Oh, but they also have outlaw motorcycle gangs in their own fucking group, which I don't know why.
1: It's always a problem with categories. I mean, because that's the way that they approach, the way that they attack them. I mean, that's got, you know, they have a different thing in for them than they have in for other ones.
0: Maybe the reason is, is because the motorcycle gang, even though they might not be multi-state, although now a lot of them are. But when they started, it was that they would ride their motorcycle maybe down to Mexico and buy drugs and then bring them back. When they weren't they weren't necessarily confined confined to one neighborhood, even though that's where their clubhouse was. That's the only thing I can think of why they would, you know. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll probably have to keep teasing some information out about that.
0: It's funny though. So easy, right? They list several of them, and these aren't all of them, uh-huh. but. The Hells Angels, the Pagans, the Vagos, Sons of Silence, Outlaws, Banditos, and Mongols.
1: You know what, what? I think when you just said all that, when I had to stop at Pagans, and it made me think of people against goodness and normalcy. Did you ever see that stupid movie Dragnet? Uh
0: uh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they, they, the they were on the goat
1: They were they were a motorcycle game called gang called the Pagans. Yeah, they had the goat, the goat leggings on. They I, I didn't realize that they were really just taking a shot at a certain motor motorcycle gang when they did that.
0: So, you know, you guys should, if you get a chance, look at that national gang report because it says a lot of stuff and it'll kind of explain the difference between the street gang a drug trafficker, the motorcycle gangs, and whatever, so much so that it will tell you as much as they know what crimes these, these gangs are involved in for the most part. Now, the way that they compile this information is there's the FBI Safe Streets Gang Unit. They compile some information, They talk to about 2,500 jurisdictions around the country and give them a survey on what's going on with the gangs in their area Mm -hmm. and a couple of other things that they pull. But those are the two two main ones. But, for example, like assault for the outlaw motorcycle gangs Mm -hmm. is... In about 60% of the jurisdictions. Um, weapons trafficking, just over 20%. Uh, homicide, just under 20 Extortion, almost 30 Drug manufacturing, almost 30%. I hate these fucking bullshit numbers. Now. No, I, I know. I'm just throwing them out there and, so that you can get an is, idea and look at the tables and, what and you, whatever. What you said
1: is correct. There is a data collection mechanism that is functioning... But what, I mean, these are, these are covert organizations, you know, their, their activities are not above ground and they're, they're covert for tons of different reasons. In the beginning, covert because they were trying to change the world. Maybe now they're covert because they're, maybe they were trying to make the, change the world and make a buck. You know, they became institutionalized, not unlike um, the bird guy from Shawshank Redemption, but uh, Brooks, sorry. Um, but then it turns into a business like straight up, right. But it's also business that exists on the periphery where again, like I said, like if there's one thing that should be painfully obvious now, particularly as it relates to drug markets is that there's, there is no more black and white. There is many, there are many, many shades of gray, right. And there are some black localities. Like if you're going to go to Salt Lake City, they're probably going to be pretty hard on you for any drugs that you do, despite the fact that all of the kratom businesses in the Western United States come out of Salt Lake, which is not, you know, not a, not a Schedule drug, but it is something that uh, it's curious that it would come out of that area. But uh,
0: there. They also have a huge fucking opiate epidemic in fucking Salt Lake.
1: Well, I'm, dude, I'm sure if I had didn't get out of being Mormon by the time I was 13, I probably would have had fucking heroin needles hanging out of my eyeballs by the time I was 15. That could that could have uh, that could have happened. That's
0: probably not the best place to shoot up, though. No, I, you in know, your eye. There's, there's this whole concept, of hyperbole. Are you put familiar? this in your fucking eye? Are, are, you, are you are you familiar with hyperbole?
1: No, I don't know what that word means. <laughs> But, I mean, it, everything's hit, you know, and I, I mean, obviously, like, there was, I, I, there were a few books that I went over, um, like, quickly, I need to probably go back over them again, but um, there was one called Gangs of El Paso and Juarez, uh, Bo- the Borderland, that was a fucking really good book, actually, and this other one called Gangs of Chinatown, there's another one that I, it's, it's in my other uh, notebook, but, uh, um. The one, the specifically the the one on El Paso and Juarez, they actually because because getting information is so sketchy. Um, they there was all this weird oral history stuff that had been done since the 1930s in inside of those communities, particularly in, you know like around utap and you know like the other the schools that were actually in the location. But they they would uh, they would go and they would do these interviews, and that's like the most uh, substantial you know. But they're not going to give you. The, they being the, the the people who are participating in the interviews who are effectively identified as gang members who don't want, uh, what was the word you said? If they get busted, uh, you know, in some sort of RICO predicate and you're affiliated with a gang, then you get... Enhanced. Yeah, you, they don't want the enhancements. So you're not going to come out and say, you know, I'm, I'm an Inca boy.
0: No, and most of them now have figured that out. And they're not doing a lot of the stuff, especially when they go to prison, Uh because in prison, apparently they try to um, basically identify you as a gang member so they know whether or not they need to watch you closer or what security level you need to be. Yeah, who you would be against. Right you know where, so
1: and I'm not it may seem very obvious all these things that I'm saying like the fact that it's like an iceberg and like the tip of it's up and all the rest of it's below below the water. but I think that it's important if a person starts quoting statistics and I know Brian understands perfectly well that when he gives these statistics that we have to take them with a grain of salt, understanding the limitations with regards to what we're going to be allowed to be seen by the individuals that are committing these acts and uh, just what's going to be out in the yes. open, but at the same time, like you can say, one won't, yeah, of course, it's all secret. But on the other hand, just don't, you know, MSNBC comes on and says, uh, for instance, um, the fentanyl problems in the United States are all coming from Chinese manufacturing. This is something that, like, uh, we need to at least not take on face value. You know, you need, to, you need to look into it a little bit deeper, you know. And like you had suggested, like these, generally speaking, the way that a drug is made has kind of like a chemical imprint on it. So you can generally see, based on who it is that's producing it, where where it's coming from on some level. Or at
0: least, you know, I mean, and maybe that's why the fucking Chinese get blamed for everybody, because maybe somebody down in Mexico buys 500 gallons of this fucking chemical to help make Make whatever, or, or meth, or whatever. And, you know, they fucking crush it up and put it in the fucking centrifuge. And they're like, well, this is that Chinese chemical. So it's fucking China's fault. Um, I don't know if that's the case or not. But you also, because like we talked about, not not even fucking 10 minutes ago, we were talking about the optics thing. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these numbers are, again, we're going to put fear into these people because gangs are a fucking problem, drugs are a problem, and we want you to know that we're working for you on a daily basis yeah, We're filling to up, keep you safe. We're filling up those prisons, baby. Right. Fuck. Um, but it is an interesting read either way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and some of the fucking data is probably true. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah um with you know yeah, we are, yes, yes. A, a degree of fucking
1: even even if there are problems and we acknowledge that there are problems there's other things that you can sort of discern by looking at reports like I promise you that the people that are committing um these illegal acts they look at these reports because they want to know how uh, the epistemological frames uh, another way of saying like the knowledge frames of the people who are, they're going to war against are, are being constructed. So they know how it's being presented, how they know how they're being pursued in certain instances. That's like any anybody that's good at their job is going to go and look and see who they're competing with and figure out how they're strategically operating.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and again, so they haven't, they haven't published this report in several years. This one came out in 2016, and it was from 2015 data. Um, but it'll kind of give you an idea. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if I buy into what Darren's saying, because, you know, maybe the guy at the top of the fucking chain is reading these type of reports to figure out where to move shit around. But
1: that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about the organizers, the ones that are the brain trusts, you know? Yeah, Uh, El Chapo, you know?
0: He's probably reading it. He might be reading it right now. Which would be
1: interesting because he's in a cell in Supermax, which means that he would have pretty good Internet access while he was in the highest security prison (laughs) in the United States, if not one in the world.
0: So my sister used to live next to an Aurora cop, and I always argued with this lady, and after she read my book, she said, you don't like cops much, do you? (laughs) I said, no, I fucking hate them. You guys are all a bunch of assholes. And she told me this story doesn't have anything to do with the gangs, but how she was a cop in Albuquerque and there was somebody that was, that had just robbed a convenience store. So they came up on this bridge over I-25 and just started opening fire on this fucking car. Now, granted he was running away, but you know, put some fucking tire spikes up or, or something. I mean, at that point, and it wasn't that I cared about the person in the car as much as all of the people around him. Yeah,
1: somebody else can catch a bullet in that moment.
0: I mean, the city and county of Denver, they have, or at least they had, a rule where high speed chases were not allowed. Yes. And the reason that they weren't allowed is because you don't want to hurt somebody.
1: Yeah, you, you don't accept collateral damage in moments like that.
0: Right. So this is why I mentioned her, because I just pulled up. A page of this report and it says gangs on technology now obviously some gangs are more technological than others and they have gotten into hacking and you know spoofing fucking credit card numbers and and doing shit like that but this is just talking about the apps that they use so Facebook in 2015 again was at almost a hundred percent but the reason I mentioned it is because She told me, even though I told her I hate cops, she still continued to talk to me. She had caught several suspects for doing different things. One of them was robbery. Another one had done something else. But they went to Facebook and posted the shit that they had done. And so that's why I kind of said, I'm not sure if these people are reading these reports. Because a lot of them are just dumb as fuck. It reminds
1: me of the kid, you know, the episode we did where the dumb shit jumped over the counter and then the Vietnamese kid stabbed him fucking night. Yeah. And then he went on Reddit and said, this guy just, you know, tried to rob my store and I stabbed him. He's in the fucking hospital now. Fuck that motherfucker.
0: Yeah, you don't, I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, if you're using it to communicate in some kind of code, Maybe that's okay.
1: So you think maybe he was doing like some dots and dashes on the guy's body when he was...
0: No, I'm just talking about in general. Not not what he did. But if, you know, you're a gang member, whatever, here in Colorado, and okay. you know a guy in L.A. So you're using Facebook
1: to sort of like communicate something in some...
0: Um, some kind of code. Code way, yeah. Not, not, you know? not
1: going up there and talking about how you just stabbed somebody 11 times. Right,
0: right. Um. But, again, you know, she told me she had caught a couple of people for doing shit and then posting it on Facebook. So, and the federal government went and busted all those people in California because they were doing fucking YouTube videos where they were fanning out $100. And one guy was rapping about all the weed he was selling. cold the herd. cold the herd. Indeed. Um, so, I don't. When I say that the the FBI prints the reports to fucking scare us, you know, I think that's true, but I don't want to say that gangs might not be an issue in a lot of different areas. I mean, and, and some are worse than others. I mean... You know, the the city of Chicago, their fucking murder rate is through the roof. Um, St. Louis has been on the top 10 for a long time. You know, I don't think that that fucking... God damn it, now I can't remember the name of the city, but I went through there when they were building the fucking big um, aquarium. It's right on the border of new jersey and pennsylvania and it starts with a c and i can't remember what the fuck the name of it is but anyway they they were on the top 10 for a long time i think they were number one for a couple of years um and a lot of this has to do with gangs kind of taking over but that goes back to what darren said at the beginning of the the call where these people are doing this shit to make sure that their money is secured that because they're in sort of destitute situations, you know? Um, and even if they're not technically a gang with a name like whatever, you know, the Bloods or the Crips or any any name... If it's a group of kids that are selling drugs and maybe shooting people so that they can continue to sell drugs, then maybe some of their neighbors are scared. You down with LBC? Yeah, you know me. Um, But again, I mean. Oh, and at the back of the the. um, report they show all of the different jurisdictions that they surveyed so it'll show you all of the prisons all of the cities states whatever so who who gave them that information
1: talk talk about the relationship between uh this is something that i'm trying to understand but i'm not having a very easy time doing it because like you said the prison prison gangs function with the street gangs there there's there's coordinated activity between both of these spaces what was and i did i didn't ever watch american me or any of that shit so i haven't really thought about it enough to get a clear sense of it but like you said the the prisons is a place where some of these things found their origins yes so like how does that like the court coordination between
0: well so i think the first thing that you've got to think of is that if it started in prison, some of those guys are going to get out of prison, right? So, and that, a lot of what we're talking about happened before, like the the city of, or the state of Arizona calls it a security threat group. If you're a gang that's large enough, you know, they they watch you constantly. Um, The Mexican Mafia is on that security threat group. And from what I understand, that was a gang that was started in the California prison system. Um, So they start this gang and people join the gang and then somebody gets out and then they go and recruit other members because now they're out or they go to another prison. And they recruit other members, so, and then those people get out, and they recruit.
1: So the relationships that they maintain between the prison and the non-prison position—it's sort of like straddling this this space where uh, all of the activities that you're conducting, you know, that are going to get subject to like Rico predicates and whatnot—they're all—they're all illegal activities in the first place. So you know. Whatever, you know, so because of the fact that swaths of these individuals end up inside. Hmm. You have, I mean, if, if you didn't maintain a relationship with them, you'd be like turning your back on the people that are sort of like uh, uh, maintaining the secrets that keep you protected, you know. Um,
0: well, and that's one of those things like a death sentence right if yeah. you say fuck you i'm not in the gang anymore uh-huh. it you're, you're not you're not yeah i mean and that's not just prison gangs but i mean that's most of these gangs like you can't just get in and get out um and i think the main reason is that you've seen them do all of this shit, whether it was committing murder or dealing drugs or whatever, you have the goods on them. They have the goods
1: on you. You're like you blood in, blood out, bound by honor. I mean, you're right. stuck there forever with each other because you made this choice to live your life a certain way to fight the battles that you have to fight a certain way. Yes, I was, I was just so like it. Just I don't, I it, like I don't know. It, it's crazy. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm not saying that these people are crazy. I didn't have to grow up in the environment they had to grow up in. You know, I'm not saying that it's right what they do. I'm not saying that it's wrong what they do. But I am thinking that it's important to understand how when you construct a legal system a certain way, you create all these spaces where there are heavy penalties for this and that, which makes them have a tremendous amount of value in terms of making scratch, making money.
0: Well, and that's the thing, too, is that I think a lot of them realized that, okay, so, and again... I've never bought heroin, so I don't know. But I know on The Wire, you know, a one-on-one costs 20 fucking dollars, right? So you get a shot of heroin and a shot of coke. A one-on-one. Um, that same fucking thing in prison is going to cost maybe more. $200 yeah, because or whatever. Have access to it. Yeah. So now they're making so much more money selling it on the inside, but then they're selling so much more on the outside. So they're just it's, making money hand over fist. Yes, it's a yeah,
1: part of the market. It's just another because people aren't going to suddenly become born again Christians because they're stuck inside a prison. And if they did, then and they had all the secrets that that person had, then they would
0: receive a death sentence. That is my guess. I mean, so again, I watched a lot of those when my grandma was alive. I watched a lot of those because the History Channel used to be good. It was actually a fucking good channel that showed you historical shit. And they had an entire series that was just about prison and prisons, not one of those fucking horseshit ones where they have some guy chained down in a chair yelling and they fucking you know, beat him with a fire hose or whatever, and then the cop talks to you for 20 minutes. It was actually historic, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. historical info on the prison, you know, the type of people that were there, and then, you know, they'd interview right, some well, days. I don't want to hear
1: you romanticize
0: the history channel. Anyway. Um, they, Sorry. <laughs> you just totally threw me off. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So, a lot of these guys were making money on the inside, and, well, I don't know. So, nah, fuck it. There was this really weird movie. I know we
1: probably shouldn't talk about it too much, but uh, when I was down in Florida, like, I'd put, like, Tubi on sometimes and just, like, fall asleep, because Tubi will play. Like, now, Netflix make I want to fucking kill them, because they keep it'll only play like two episodes or something. And then it'll, do you want me to keep watching this motherfucker? I want it to stay on all night long. I don't want to have to keep answering that question. Just leave that motherfucking thing on. Right. But I had watched, um, that movie that I brought up, uh, to, you. um, it was about the, the, the Irish family in, in Boston and, um,
0: Oh yeah. The crooked
1: cops and they, end up, they they most of them end up dying. But, uh, um, it rolled into this other one and it was, it was, a uh, uh, mostly it was like Northern California black gang members. Right. And it was like, a real life. Like they, they, it, it looks like it's a documentary the way, the form that they did it. And, uh, they put these two guys. So some, they, something bad happens and somebody ends up rolling over on everybody. Right. So they put these two guys in a cell together and, uh, The one guy figures out that it was the other guy that did it. He gets him kind of in a corner and says what he says. And he says, The guy that rolled over says, I'm going to be out in three days. Needless to say, he was dead in about 40 minutes. Yeah. I like that. I really, really, really do like that. There are a lot of things about... I, I, I'm not romanticizing violence, but I am romanticizing a concept of... When you live in a world where... There are a lot of a lot of shades of gray. When you make choices, you live with your
0: choices. Well, it's just some sort of fucking honor thing. I mean, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. And that means I told all my friends I'm not going to fucking rat you out, no matter what happens. Do it. I remember what I was going to say when I was talking about the fucking history channel. i was trying to get you
1: back there. That was what I
0: was. Um, to be so... Back then, on these documentaries, they talked to a lot of these gang members, and they actually had, like, tenets that they would write down, or a fucking constitution, or whatever you want to call it, right? These are the rules to be in this gang. I'm pretty sure that they have sort of scrapped that shit. Because, you know, like, they used to do numbers running way back when, and they would actually write the number I mean, down. Evidence is a really bad thing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't know how they they do these rules and regulations anymore, but they, they clearly still have them, but, you know, they're not writing them down for people to memorize.
1: Um, Maybe it's like the watch from... Uh... Pulp picture. I carried that uncomfortable hunk of shit up my ass for five long years.
0: I don't think so. I think most of those guys are coming in with, like, heroin in,
1: in their ass. not. They got, they, got a, they got a balloon up, a couple balloons up there. Not a lot of needles, though. Not a lot of heroin needles up the ass, I think, probably.
0: No, you know that in the movies, they always show them, like, squat down and they say, cough. You know why yeah, they yeah, do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it makes your butt... Well, it actually is so that if you have something sharp up there, oh, it squeezes oh, wow. it, and then you're the one that gets hurt and not somebody okay. else. Okay. At least that's what I was told. Well, um I don't really... I'm going to take your word for
1: that. I don't ever really need to go through the experience mm-hmm. of seeing that one tried out.
0: No. Uh, so we are like an hour and seven minutes now. You want to... Shut this one down and start the yeah. next one. Yeah,
1: at the beginning though, I I, I, I want to go back to the because still the concept between like street gangs versus this like hyper like the like the cartel space. Like,
0: well, you do understand that I don't know how it works either. Well,
1: I, you know, but I I, I want I mean because like when I start to think about like. Like you have these low level, but then you have these sort of like incorporated people at the top, you know. I mean, it sort of starts to look something like, like uh, Microsoft or like uh, Microsoft for you know killing motherfuckers and making heroin.
0: Well, so know? this this is again off of that 2015 report, uh-huh. which was published in 2016, uh-huh. but it talked about. So it said that the Sinaloa cartel works with these gangs. Uh-huh. And it talked about some of them being in prison. One of them was the Mexican Mafia. And it's funny because for a really long time, I thought the Mexican Mafia was part of that cartel. But they they weren't. I mean, they're just a gang on this side of the border. They also talked about Nuestra Familia. Um, they talked about the Norteños and the Serenios, which...
1: One so they talked about, was, they
0: were talking a lot about that one. one of they talked about a whole bunch of them working with the Sinaloa cartel, and then they said, and a lot of them are working also with the Juarez cartel. So, again, that's why I wanted to define the difference because technically, those cartels, at least according to our government, aren't considered a gang. They're considered Terrorist. a multinational Terrorist. drug trafficker.
1: Drug tra- So they don't, call, they don't call them terrorists or anything. They just
0: well, call them yeah, them. probably depending on where or wh- which which institution you're talking to inside. Yeah, the but they're right. multinational drug trafficking organizations is what they're considered. I think right. so. So those guys down there, even though. They may have some gang members up here helping with distribution or whatever. You know, like those guys back in 2011 that got shot over on Bellevue. Uh, uh, those were probably just gang members with affiliations put, to the cartel. Put, put soldiers, yeah, maybe not. A, maybe not actual cartel. Just it's so yeah,
1: we we'll, we'll get we get into that stuff a bunch. Uh, yeah, because there's some other stuff in in that that headspace in terms of like. Why you would have that there and this here, and why you'd keep them...
0: As far as the definitions?
1: No, no, no well, like, just as the definitions play out in practice, like, so... We'll, gotcha. Well, we can, have, we can have fun with that in the second
0: half. Okay, so the second half is coming up, but, again, uh, short bus debate club at yahoo.com. 720334 roll Roll, bitches, roll. 7655 5, for those of you that are fucking retarded. Um... All right. We'll talk to you soon. I think that's a
1: preferred nomenclature, dude.